0: Welcome to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, my name's Justin Prince. Alongside me is Taylor Burris with the producer Wayne Owens as we are all set for episode 23 of the iRacers Download. On that note, we have three special guests with us for today's episode. Dallas Patasca, Joe Peak, and Mike Gillette all join us, Taylor, to discuss many different things from the major series all the way to a special project that's coming out.
1: It certainly is there, Justin. We're looking forward to this. And let's go ahead and start with Michael on this premise and this new project that they're working on. And, Mike, welcome to the show. Tell us about this special project that you've been working on.
2: Thanks, Taylor. I'm glad to be on. Uh, well, we're I guess we're talking about Project Alien. Uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's something new for sure, something different, something... Different than I've ever ever been involved in. But basically, uh, Project Alien is uh, part coaching academy and part reality TV show. Uh, we're trying to marry those two things and create something that is uh, entertaining, uh, first and foremost. and uh, But hopefully, at the same time, really showcases the skill uh, of our coaches uh, and uh, helps us to develop uh, at least one driver uh, into something special, into uh, an alien.
0: Now, Mike, first, how did this idea come about to be able to start developing this?
2: Right. So it was just, you know, eh, I I don't know how it works for everybody else, but for me, they just sometimes an idea just kind of pops into your head. And uh, I get them regularly enough that most of them are really bad uh, <laughs> uh and, and I'll, a lot of times i'll be discussing ideas with somebody and i'll say hey uh what do you think of this this might be a horrible idea and and to be totally honest a lot of the times it is a horrible idea and uh, it never goes any further but with this one um i was literally just uh, we were i was laying in bed one night uh, uh my wife and i were watching uh the voice uh and uh on hulu or whatever i don't know what it was on but uh we were just watching it, and I just thought to myself, this would, uh, there's a lot of parallels here. This could really work as a as a sim racing reality show, and so I just, anyway, so stuff started swarming around in my head, and uh, once I really thought I had something solidified, uh, I, I uh, brought it up to uh, the, our coaches in the garage, in the majors' garage, and uh, brought it up to the guys at GSRC, and... And uh, just wanted to see, you know, take their temperature on it and see what they thought. And uh, you know, they, obviously, we got two of them in here. They could correct me if if I say anything wrong. But uh, everybody was sort of like, "Yeah, yes, let's do that. That sounds really awesome." So, anyway, that was sort of the response that we got from everybody. So I said, "Well, I guess, I guess, uh, let's do this."
0: What was your reaction like, Joe, when you first heard the idea, and your thoughts on Project Alien? and the opportunities this could create.
3: I mean, it was pretty much exactly like Mike said. It's, it, I thought about it for a second. I was like, yeah, that that actually is a really cool idea because I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that before. Um, and, I mean, as someone who grew up, you know, watching like Survivor and things like that as a teen, uh, definitely was like, oh, I'd love to be, you know, the, the sort of Jeff Probst of this. So I was super <laughs> excited. <laughs>
0: Sounds like you're super inciting indeed. Dallas, of course, you're one of the coaches who will be a part of this project. First of all, your thoughts on this and the opportunities it can bring to allow people to see how coaching could go like this to try and train the best of the best or to train the next best driver rather.
4: Yeah, first and foremost, you know, with it being such a new format and something that's really never been done in the sim racing community, uh, there's a lot of things that aren't exactly set in stone as far as how it's all going to work, but um, hopefully it gives both the audience and the participants an idea of what kind of goes on behind the scenes as far as developing yourself um, or the coaches developing students um, into being, you know, alien potential because, uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there as far as what goes into it. You know, some people think they it's just a straight-up talent thing and whatnot. And hopefully throughout the duration of the show, we can show that it's not all about just you know natural talent and whatnot. You can develop, no matter where you start, into something special if you're willing to put in the work and maintain some discipline.
1: And speaking of that, Dallas, you know, you have been someone who's been in the sim racing community for quite some time, competing in a wide variety of different racing series throughout that with exceptional talent. What made you want to become a coach with this project here, as well as the growth that you could possibly see of taking someone, maybe just brand new, starting out in iRacing and training them to where they could be a world champion competitor?
4: Well, it's not all altruistic. I'll be honest. Uh, I believe that if you can turn around from competing uh, at, at any level, really, and you can coach somebody, it also comes back on your own skill because it shores up any any type of holes that you might not understand yourself. Because uh, I believe that if you can't explain it to somebody else, you don't really understand it that well yourself. Um, so that's one side of it, and the other side is um, you know winning races and competing at at high levels is is great. Don't get me wrong, but being able to be that guy alongside somebody and see them jump up from, you know, basically not knowing something or not being able to do something, hit a certain time and helping them reach that and accomplish their goals is equally, at least equally rewarding to me as is going out and winning a race, regardless of who I'm racing against
1: certainly is. And Joe, we've known you for quite some time as one of the main founders of Global Sim Racing Channel, had the privilege of working with you in many projects and other series before. What do you think you can, with your expertise as being a broadcaster, someone who knows how to see things and call certain actions, could be when it comes to interviewing these up-and-coming stars, to seeing what talents that they could have, Not just behind the wheel, but also behind the microphone when asking questions, when trying to draw out information about that driver.
3: I think that, you know, honestly, that experience in doing the commentary is going to be a huge help because, like you said, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time having to deal with with drivers of varying levels of experience who, you know, get on the mic and, and, and talk back to us. Uh, but also because I've actually watched some people over the years. Uh, God, we've been doing GSRC for more than eight years now, and we've seen some folks go from maybe mid-packers to being these incredible, quick talents, and and watch that progression. So I'm kind of excited to see if you know we can we can kind of fast track that and, and having that personal coach, if that could make someone an alien in you know such a short amount of time.
1: Certainly is, and exciting to see that. And, Mike, of course, you are one of the founders of probably one of the most prolific leagues in the iRacing cervix, and actually one of the most interesting with the majors. You know, how do you think this could help bring sim racing up maybe to that next level that we see going on since probably what we've seen with iRacing and sim racing growing, especially since after the pandemic?
2: Right, right. Um, <clears throat> you know, Will, I don't know. I, I don't know that that the show will will carry sim racing as a body higher or forward. It might. I mean, it 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 could have appeal um, outside of of sim racing. I don't really know. I mean, I you know, people watch reality shows for for things that they aren't you know into all the time, all the time, right? I mean, that's that's really common. <laughs> you know, people are people are interested in watching other people, so. Uh, so from that perspective, there could be some, there could be some, uh, you know, carry forward. There could be some, some interest outside of the sim racing community. Uh, one thing I'm sure of is that there will be a lot of interest outside of just the racing community. So, you know, from sim racers of, of, of any, of any, uh, you know, sim, uh, will be interested in the premise of the show. Now, how, how, how hardcore they are into, into the audience, I don't know, but, um, And in the future, you never know. I mean, we could, we could expect. I mean, I have every intention if, if the first season goes well, um, that we'll have a season two and a season three and a season four. And hopefully it's a franchise, right? It just keeps going. Uh, there's no reason we couldn't, you know, bring it on for, you know, ACC or Project Cars 2 or, or, you know, R Factor or whatever. Um, there's no reason we couldn't do that, you know, have, have, uh, People that you're trying to develop into aliens for from any of the Sims, really. Uh, so, so from that perspective, I think it's got a broad, a broad appeal. Uh, don't necessarily know it's going to go beyond, beyond sim racing, but that'd be cool.
1: Certainly would be. And you know, as we talk about the world of that world growing, you know, you have also made major steps and bounds with your league of the majors series as well what can we maybe expect with project alien of what these drivers will be up against in competing against each other as well as learning from the coaches
2: right um well so it, the drivers are not going to necessarily come from the major series they, the major series drivers are more than welcome to to apply uh and there there would be that would be some cool synergy um uh, but uh you know i I'll, I'll be honest we've we've gotten like i want to say it's 33 Auditions so far, um, and we've got a little over a month until they close. And of those, most vast majority are not from major series members, um, and some of them are really cool. Um, you know, one of the things you know to to, to what you you were talking about the Joe, you know, the, like with the questions and the production quality and all of that. You know, a big a big part of it is you know the entertainment factor, and so we need people who are both you know hardcore sim racers want to become the best but also have that ability uh, behind the camera and behind the microphone to project that, right. And, and be something that people could be, you know, they're going to be cheering for really. And so the audition videos are really showing us that, but as far as competing against one another um, again, it's going to be very much in in my mind. And again, this is season one. So it's really, we don't know how it's going to go exactly, but, in my mind, it's going to work very much like a, a reality show where the audience, where the people watching the show are going to have a heavy say in, in who moves forward and ultimately who wins. And so competition won't necessarily be who's the fastest on the track. There won't be a race at the end where the final four are, are racing each other. It's really going to be about their development uh, and how the audience bonds with that person and, and who they you know believe is the next alien. So uh, it's, it's, going to be interesting to see how that whole whole thing plays out
1: very cool very interesting indeed and we got to ask maybe a sneak preview of maybe some of the participants who have submitted videos anyone striking that might seem like they can have what it takes
2: yes for sure uh a couple um and I haven't showed the videos at all to the coaches or to Joe uh, because we're going to do some live We're going to do some reaction. Our first few episodes, I'll give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek. Our first few episodes are going to literally be us selecting the participants. So it'll they'll be in the in the past, obviously, but it, it, they're going to get to watch these videos in real time on camera and, and do sort of a reaction video to what they see. And uh, it's it, I've been fascinated by it. I can't wait to show them. To be honest.
1: It's very interesting, and we look forward to that. When do you think we could expect the premiere of all of this to be happening? Yeah, you said right, about right. a month's time before registration close
2: right. so so we'll we'll make our selections uh, right after august twenty seventh um, and the, you know I expect the first episode turnaround to be right at the end of September. So about a month. and then we'll do episodes weekly.
1: Very interesting indeed. We look forward to seeing that as we look ahead to such great information. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we'll have more with our guests, Michael Lett, Joe Peak, and Dallas Pataska you are listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organizes, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser-scan tracks and cars to choose from iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris, once again with Justin Prince, our producer, Wayne Owens, and we are here with some of the cast from Project Alien, Mike Oletta, along with Joe Peak and Dallas Patasca, And, gentlemen, I want to take a step back in time to let people know about your history when it involves sim racing. So, Mike, let's start with you a little bit. What made you want to get involved with sim racing?
2: Oh, wow. Uh, So, you know, I'm one of those uh, NASCAR racing. 2002 uh, was my first one. Um, But uh, it was not long after that that uh, we had the whole kind of the void in, in real sims so I, you know i did a little bit of the ea sports stuff uh the thunder and then uh what was it the sim racing i think it was just called ea sports sim racing or something like that anyway and then moved on to uh the original r factor was did almost exclusively oval racing as a driver uh back in the day um and was never never very good <laughs> uh that holds true today uh so I don't know. I got I got involved with iRacing uh, in 2009 and have been been around ever since. But uh, in about 2012, uh, iRacing started to uh, move away from their World Cup. They you know they didn't want to do it anymore, and that was my favorite event uh, in in the sim. And I you know I I basically I contacted. Uh, Tony Gardner. And I said, Hey, I said, let's, let's not kill this. Let, let us, let us take it over as a, as a community. And I really did not expect him to say yes to that, but he did. Uh, he said, yes, go ahead, go for it. Um, and so we did. And so we, you know, I ran the world cup for, I don't know, seven years, something like that. 2012 to 2019 or 2018. Um, definitely, definitely enjoyed that. And in 2014 uh, we started the major series uh, and that was really uh so, so condensing this, you know, I, I went from being a a bad driver uh, to somebody who's pretty good at, at running events. To be to be, <laughs> I guess I found my I found my niche. Um, and uh, our first broadcast, funny story, uh, was uh, the Indy five hundred in twenty thirteen. So before we did a full season with the majors, we had a we had a standalone event, which is sort of what propelled us into deciding to do uh, a full on series for the majors. Uh, and that first broadcast was actually on. GSRC Uh, it was one one of their first as well it was uh, they had just gotten started Kevin Brown uh, was a member of the Northwest Club where I'm from and he was uh, working with Joe and and the team at GSRC at the time and and he you know he came to me and he said hey let's because he knew I was organizing the Indy 500 race for through the club and he's like, let's let's put it on GSRC, and they did it for free <laughs> uh, that time, uh, our first race, and we didn't have any entry fees or anything like that. I think we had 26 drivers or something show up, all from the Northwest Club, and and that's how it all started. And uh, every single major's race that has ever been on on uh, YouTube or on broadcast has been broadcast by GSRC in one one shape or form. So it's pretty cool. It's been a long time relationship, uh, and yeah, we've been we've been doing the major series since then. We've just ran our 100th race uh, two races ago at Le Mans, and uh, happy to keep that going. Hope it does for a long time.
1: It certainly is. I've had the privilege of working, racing in some of the majors races this year, as well as even calling some majors races back when I first started off with yeah. Joe Peak at GSRC. And Joe, let's go back to you a little bit and talk about how did you get involved with sim racing, working to where you're one of the most well-known commentators in sim racing?
3: Uh, I guess I'm going to put on my my hipster glasses on this one. I started way, way back uh, with the Indy 500, the simulation. I didn't even know what Papyrus was. I didn't know what a racing sim was. I just, I had always loved racing. and My dad had brought it home. And uh, it was the most ridiculous, hardly hard uh, racing game I think any of us had ever played. And fast forward through... You know, a whole bunch of the Papyrus games, uh IndyCar 1 and 2, NASCAR 1 and 2 and 4, uh, to when I got out of college uh, around 2007. And my brother uh, brought over a copy of Forza 2. And I was like, man, I missed, you know, I missed these sort of racing games where it's just like, because I would, I would turn all the realism up as high as I could. And for me, that still wasn't enough. Uh, and... From there, I went to a game called Grand Prix Legends, which, of course, I knew because of Papyrus. And it still had, like, a pretty avid base. And this was, you know, 2009 or somewhere around there at this point. Um, and a friend of mine who was also into racing saw me <laughs> posting about doing all this in there. And he was like, why don't you try iRacing? I was like, iRacing? What is that? And... uh he, he introduced me, and like a lot of people, at first I was like, oh, "I don't know about a subscription. I don't know if I could spend the money on that." And within you know like a week of playing it, that was it. That was it for life. And uh, from there, it just you know I raced a lot and uh, wound up getting involved with uh, a league with a bunch of friends that later became GSRC, uh, where we. Uh, kind of looked at each other when we uh the the broadcaster that was was airing that that league couldn 't do it anymore, and we said, Well, you know how to do this, and you 'd know how to do this and that 's our g s r c was formed, and that was honestly a bit of a weird thing for me because um initially my involvement in it was because i I come from a background of of video production, especially post production I was a video editor for a number of years professionally um and so i've always preferred to be behind the scenes. But when we were uh, when we got into it, initially, it was because I had done some stuff with like roller derby and arena football. And I even did like an MMA broadcast uh, streaming online with that production company. Uh, So I had done some live sports stuff. But again, I was like I was the director of of that producer um, Mm -hmm. and was always behind the scenes. And when I threw my hat in the ring for GSRC, i was thinking that but i didn't really have the equipment to get involved in that way so uh initially when we were trying to figure out where to put me i said well i could do commentary because i thought well i know a whole bunch about racing and i'm super nerdy about it so i could just talk about it and it turned out to be a better fit than i expected (laughs) and uh started doing the commentary and and turned out to be a huge love of mine. And and that kind of, you know, I, I said it built about eight years now. And then this past few months, Mike came to me about this project. And I'm kind of hoping this is kind of the, the next step on on that road.
1: It certainly is. And then, of course, finally, Dallas Patasca. Now, funny story with Dallas. I actually used to race against him in a league I used to own <laughs> several years ago that both Dallas and Justin used to compete in. But of course, Dallas, you have gone off to do amazing things with both the majors, the VCO Cup of Nations, and many other leagues. In fact, recently was actually a representative for Team USA for the VCO Cup of Nations back in 2020. But Dallas, what made you want to get involved with sim racing?
4: Uh, well, I don't go as far back as Joe or Mike here, but around 2015, 2016 uh, is when I initially got introduced to iRacing and. Really, it was just because it was the only uh, game, sim, whatever you want to call it, that had late models and super late models in their game. Everywhere else, you couldn't find it. You know, you might have some stuff that had the cup cars or whatnot. But um, being a local short track guy uh, with the track around me here, uh, if a game had that, they would have me for life. And well, you know, here I am, you know, nearly six years later. But um, so it started there. Right in the late model ranks, super late model ranks, um, for the first year or two, while I was building myself up, and then uh, once that got a little bit old, I started to kind of get into the cup stuff, do NIS, and then once I figured out I had some decent skill at it, uh, that's kind of where the road to pro type adventure started, uh, which led into being paired up with Christian Shalner for a few years. I was lucky enough to be a part of him and his crew uh, while he was in peak for uh, three or four years. And that's ultimately what brought my Oval skill set up to where it is today. Um, I owe a lot of what I know and what I've been able to do to him, uh, being able to drive around him every day for a few years. Um, and then in the meantime, since then, I've kind of backed away from the Oval stuff and i uh, gotten more into the major stuff because it still allows you to, that's what I consider the, best thing about the major series is you cover everything every type of discipline and I'm a big believer in you know stuff you learn on road will come into play on oval at some point and you can put different skills that you learn to use on those other disciplines at the same time so with that I take that and go run all the the endurance events you know I got some spa races coming up and whatnot and yeah so that's been the last couple years I've I like to be very well-rounded with the exception of dirt. You won't see me on any (laughs) dirt events. But, uh, yeah, I I like to spread it around. Uh, For the scope of Project Alien, I'll be the oval guy for sure. And I'm looking forward to working with, uh, you know, we'll see who I end up working with. But I look forward to seeing what we can do uh, for bringing an oval guy up through the ranks.
0: Now, when it comes to how much... Why racing has progressed? We've asked this question towards the direction of many people. You've mentioned the progression for your careers. I'm curious on this, Dallas, in your opinion, how sim racing has accelerated in terms of its progression in the past couple years or so. Your thoughts on that, and in turn, how and feel that could lead to everything growing with Project Alien.
4: Well, I'd say up until about 20. 20- Uh right before twenty twenty. It was kind of a slow progression. Uh there was you know, whether it be cars and content or actual uh physics updates, it was it was steady but it was slower and then you know kinda everything happened in the world with 2020 and that pushed a lot of people towards iRacing with you know having the the official NASCAR guys in real life coming over and adding a bunch of exposure. That seemed to really boost uh, what iRacing is capable of, and the amount of interest in that, and even outside of iRacing as well. But I'd say it compressed all of their development, like at least in half. Um, so even just in the scope of iRacing itself, um, you know, it's it's years ahead of where we would have thought it would have been in 2019. Now, uh, just for example, looking at like what they've done with. Uh, Like the GT3s, for example, since we're right around the corner from Spa, you know, 2019, it would have been a dream just to have a few cars that were the the current gen. And now we got, you know, a whole field and a bunch of stuff coming out almost every season. Very enjoyable for anybody new or, you know, a potential prospect for the Project Alien show um, because they don't have to kind of slog through the the mud like we did when... (laughs) they didn't have the development rate that they do now um so yeah I think all, all in all it's just it's great for everybody who races no matter the skill level
0: it's pretty incredible again how things have gone indeed and from your perspective Joe how in your opinion do you see things playing out with Project Alien now as well with growth of sim racing and in that regard when it comes to helping the drivers develop the talent who do you feel is going to be the best fit
3: when it comes to being able to show what they can do i think the best fit are going to be it's going to be a mix of qualities because from what i've seen over the years it's it's a combination of the people who are willing to put in the work um because it just seems to be those who you know, are absolutely nose to the grindstone are the ones that make the most progress. Um, and then probably those who are adaptable, uh, I think, are going to have a leg up. If uh, if you have the ability to say, OK, I'm not really as comfortable, you know, doing rallycross or whatever, uh, but I can I can learn. Those are the ones that are probably going to shine the most, because uh, I feel like it, it does pull from the majors in that sense, and that you know it's it's this is testing the drivers on everything, where you can't just be, you know, a niche specialist. You have to you have to really show yourself to to be able to be a driver's driver, and you know, be the <laughs> I guess uh, taking it back to one of the connections in the majors there, Mike, uh, be a Mario Andretti. You just hop in the car and you learn and you go.
0: Absolutely. And turning to you, Mike, of course, we talked about Project Alien, the progression on some of the expectations, some of the places where it could go, some of the development it will follow along with. What's the overall prizes as well to keep in mind for drivers? Because pretty certain there is a lot of opportunities that can come from Project Alien as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you said, what are the overall prizes
0: uh, for the overall run? Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so right now we've got we've got two things uh, on the t- well, three really. Uh, to me, to me, the biggest prize is, of course, the ability to get world class coaching um, and a ton of it, uh, and to hopefully improve your skill. So that's that's prize number one to to anybody who gets selected or abducted as I like to say. Um, but uh, the, the two official prices for the ultimate winner will be a, a year-long subscription to the garage, uh, so all, all unlimited setups for a whole year. Uh, and then uh, Williams Esports, uh, because of a connection with Joe, he, he kind of put us together, and um, they're dipping their toe in right now, which I don't blame them. We're, we're a new property. Uh, but they were excited about the idea enough that they wanted to be involved, and uh, they're offering a tryout uh, for their eSports team for the winner. So pretty cool. Um, and, and I'm confident, you know, they're hedging their bets a little bit, which I don't blame them, but uh, I'm confident that the the person that ends up getting selected uh, and winning the competition is going to have that 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 skill and talent. And uh, I have a feeling that they're going to end up, you know, on the, on the Williams eSports team proper. Uh, and that will be pretty cool to have that correlation.
0: It'd be absolutely huge to say the very least. And on that note, where can, my people apply to or rather audition to be a part of Project Alien?
2: Yeah, so you want to go to the website, uh, which is projectalien.tv, uh, and there are – it could tell you more about the show, anything we didn't cover. Uh, and allows you to audition um, and, uh, and answer your questions, etc. So get projectalien.tv for more information and to audition. Let us abduct you.
0: Yes, indeed. Where can we find more from you, Joe? Uh,
3: GlobalSumRacingChannel.com is our uh, our website. And obviously, we are a GlobalSum Racing channel on, uh, on YouTube as well, where we're live just about every day these days. <laughs> um, and then if you uh, want to check out my Twitter, I'm also the Joe Peak, T H E J O E P E A K. Uh, on Twitter and uh, yeah uh, love to hear from people if they they're interested in what they, they expect out of the show.
0: Absolutely. Dallas, where can people try and connect to you on social media?
4: Uh, well, my Twitter is at Ranger Phoenix, R-A-N-G-E-R-P-H-E-N-I-X. Yes, I know it's spelled wrong. Um, <laughs> and then uh, probably the quickest way though is through uh, either the major series or majors garage discord. Um, I'm always on Discord throughout the day, so either or that always works well.
0: Thank you very much everyone for the time. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Thank,
4: Thank you guys for having us.
0: <laughs> Once again, that's Mike Ulett, Joe Peak, and Dallas Potaska to discuss Project Alien as well as their sim racing escapades. Coming up, news of the week. You're listening. To the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.
1: iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organizes, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsports
0: simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince, along with Taylor Burris and Wayne Owens as our producer today, as we just finished a great conversation once more with Michael Lent, Dallas Patasco, Joe Peek about Project Alien. With that, it's time to head towards our big events of the week. And first things first, The E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying iRacing Series is heading off to Homestead Miami Speedway to try and see who can claim victory and race number two of Road to Pro competition. It's expected to be a very difficult race for some of the drivers, Taylor, because it's a track that fans love, drivers love, but for this race could bring plenty of challenges.
1: It certainly can, Justin. I mean, this track has been a fan favorite for quite some time, but just due to the fact of how much racing a driver can go on this track. They can run the top side of the racetrack, the bottom, the middle. The draft can be very important as well to consider when racing here at Homestead Miami Speedway. But now the question is, who was able to set their times and refocus themselves after a wildcard event over at the Knoxville Raceway? Now, drivers are going to have to get themselves reorganized, reset, and try to go all out, but be smart and play the right strategy call in order to come out on top.
0: The interesting thing is for Homestead Miami Speedway, drivers have indicated for the event that Dirty Air is expected to be a big major factor, Taylor, to say the very least. Because it's obviously a very different racing environment than on the dirt where – It takes a lot of talent to be able to learn how to race in the dirt and then build a truck for the dirt. For a lot of these organizations, it's their bread and butter. And with the fact that this is a track with new surface updates, keep in mind, it's going to be difficult where drivers are going to have to search for clean air and try and find a way to build up runs if they want to be able to make their way to the field. It's not going to be easy if you don't qualify well is the main thing I'm emphasizing, Taylor. For a race such as this, if you want to win or score great points, especially if you want to be among the top 20, you need to be able to qualify. Well, that's going to be very much emphasized, I think, for the races.
1: It certainly is. And we're going to have to take a look at some of the drivers who will have what it takes. Of course, you have drivers like Austin Yarborough, Donovan Strauss, Parker Retzlaff, and Briar LaPrade, who were some of the top two finishers from the last round at Knoxville so with that momentum on their side do they have what it takes to keep going Parker Retzlaff of course has won a couple of mile and a half races during round number one but also keep in mind Donovan Strauss has been on a bit of a tear winning multiple races especially in the top split when it came to round one with several different racetracks
0: yeah it's going to be very intriguing overall tonight that's it- the way I see it
1: It certainly is. And, of course, you can catch all the actions of both the top split as well as the second split all on Podium Esports Network starting at 9 o'clock. Justin will be on Pit Road, actually, calling the action and seeing what's going on there, seeing all the strategy for the top split race as we look ahead to see who will come out on top down in South Florida. But from South Florida to the heart of Belgium at Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps, It's another iRacing special event, the 24 Hours of Spa, utilizing all of iRacing's GT3 cars. And for those of you who are wondering, well, what GT3 cars do we have? (laughs) Justin, we have a lot of them.
0: It's going to be a very busy race, to say the least, because in the history for the event, there has been eventful moments where people's brake pedals have crashed or end up being broken. The... Lando Norris, Max Verstappen situation comes to mind, for example, in that respective event. You also have, in regards to the event itself, drivers going to have to think about the BOP. That's been added in recent times for that set event. To get to the emphasis on how many cars we are talking about for this event, we're talking about, for GT3s, the Audi R8 LMS, the Mercedes AMG GT3, the Ferrari 4 88 GT3, the BMW M4 GT3, the McLaren MP4-12C GT3, which was very quick in last year for McLaren at this racetrack. Four GT GT3s available. The Porsche is available, and don't forget about the Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. That car actually has a massive weight penalty as well of 12 kilograms, as well as the Porsche having a little power reduction and a weight gain of 12 kilograms. So it's going to be a race where you're going to have to keep an eye on the incident limit, Taylor, because that's there this year at 100 cap, where if you get past that mark, you have to have a stop and go. That could be critical for many drivers with how easy off-tracks are at Circus ball Franco but it's also going to be where the best teams are going to be the ones who have found every single option available with eight different types of cars in the GT3 class, rather, for eight different manufacturers, I should say, available for drivers to run.
1: Yeah, it certainly is, and this is a great opportunity to where we can see all of these GT3 cars coming out to play. I remember the first year I ever competed at the 24 Hours of Spa, we ran the Audi Audi R8, and it's a tough grueling race to try and compete in, but it's so much fun when iRacing racing hosts these 24 hour events. And especially since in recent years, we've had that amazing day to night transition. And when it comes to racing at spa or even the Nürburgring that was ran earlier this year, it's not like running at Daytona where we have small bits of light threat track from the stadium of Daytona international speedway. No, when it gets dark It is dark to where all you have is lights is from the headlights and taillights of the cars around you. That is what provides the excitement, the inspiring moments that we see drivers come out on top when it comes to racing here at these 24-hour events.
0: In turn, it's going to be huge to see which drivers in particular adapt the best in the nighttime because the nighttime – is where so many disastrous moments end up striking Taylor. So So I think it's going to be a wild race.
1: So it's safe to say the nighttime is the right time for drama to come out tonight.
0: Yes. (laughs) Very good.
1: Of course, you can catch the top split action over on race spot TV. There is only one full split. So it's going to be very busy on Saturday night into or Saturday morning here in the U S United States time for those who are over in Europe and Australia, it would be happening at a different time. Make sure to check your time zones for on iRacing's website to make sure when your room will open for this event. But we have some stuff to preview of what's to come. Justin next week. We have two major events happening first and foremost, the E-NASCAR iRacing Coca-Cola Series is back at it, but this time, it's time that we celebrate the all-stars of the Coke Series as they head to Nashville Super Speedway with the next-gen cars.
0: That's going to be a wild race, I think, to see how the next-gen car fares at Nashville Super Speedway because it's not going to be like your normal eNASCAR nascar Coca-Cola iRacing Series event. It's going to be pressure-packed. It's going to be fun. And remember the fireworks when it came to the trucks in North Wilkesboro for last year's All-Star event. It could come down to similar fireworks if you want to come away with an All-Star victory.
1: It certainly is. It's going to be full of fire and excitement and who knows what can come out of this race. But make sure to tune in on all of iRacing and NASCAR streaming platforms to catch the action. Pre-race starts at 8.30, and then of course the action You will catch at 9 p.m. And then finally, another thing, the preview, we'll touch on it probably a little bit more next week, but it is the inaugural iRacing 4 Hours at Charlotte benefiting the National Multiple Sclerosis Society as this is the first iRacing charity event that they will be making into a special event. We'll talk more about that, but there is one special guest coming there. Seven-time NASCAR Cup Series Championship winning Crew Chief Chad Kanaus will be one of the headline special guests who will make their appearance during the broadcast.
0: It's going to be a great show, to say the very least. It certainly
1: will. Well, for that, it is time that we come to a close. Justin, 23 episodes have been completed. It's been an amazing ride so far. We have more great action to cover, but... For my co-host, Justin Prince, our producer, Wayne Owens, and, of course, our special guests from Project Alien, Michael Lett, Joe Peak, and Dallas Patasca. I am your host, Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.